0: Welcome, welcome back to Boss on Cage Podcast. So, today's show is going to be an interesting show because we're going to be talking um, to a person that I'm going to deem the Clarity Boss. And we're really going to dive into like value propositions. And those that know me, like, you know, like value proposition and, and delivering value is like the, for, the first thing that you need to do, period, no matter what you're doing, whether you're branding, setting up businesses, setting up strategies, is you got to have to establish your value for your customer segments. So, the floor is yours, Mike. Why don't you tell our audience a little bit more about who you are? and what you do?
1: I say, first first off, thanks, buddy. I really appreciate you having me on today. Uh, I love your podcast. Uh, You you deliver some great content. So to really keep it really simple uh, is, you know, what I do is I work with... uh, professional service professionals and entrepreneurs and business people who struggle with how to really clearly identify what their unique value proposition is and what their overall purpose is. I found that so many people struggle with that um, and it it keeps them stuck. It keeps them from going forward in developing their business. Um, And, you know, I really target a lot of my efforts on folks who are just like me, but just maybe a few steps you know, behind, meaning that I've been in the entrepreneurial space now for over 20 years as an an attorney and as a real estate developer. And, you know, my wife and I developed a really successful network marketing business. So I've had a very diverse background. And through that, I've developed a lot of really great insight, you know, made a lot of mistakes on the way, developed a lot of wisdom through some really, you know, bad decisions. But, you know, but the point is, is how do you pay it forward in a meaningful way? So what I found after coaching uh, so many people through the years and interviewing people and mentoring people through the process, so many of them get stuck in their head on what it is that's unique about them and then carving it out with real specific you know, specificity um, so that they could really bring it to market and, and then stick with it and have the belief to stick with it. Because, you know, you have to have belief in yourself to get in, to the world of uh, of, uh, of self-employment, entrepreneurship, all those situations where, you know, you're kind of operating without a safety net. Hmm.
0: So, I mean, I think that's just taking some segments of what you just said. I mean, being in, in construction, being a lawyer and being into like other items that you, you listed off. Like, I mean, obviously there's multiple different value propositions in each one of those. Like, how did you kind of like take those value propositions from the past and how are you using them today? Oh.
1: That's a great question. The reason why I came up with this is because I struggle with it, right? Because we're all, we all, we all are looking, you know, if we're, if we're, if we're looking to, to really develop, you know, a lifestyle that we really want, right? We, we, we go out there, we take risks and we don't know, we don't know it many times. So a lot of us, you know, will, we will pursue paths. With the sole intention of, you know, having the quote-unquote success or getting the money or whatever the heck that means, but at the end of the day, we don't understand kind of really what the impacts are of our movements until after the fact, right? So uh, I've done a lot of interesting things, um, but really it came to the point of, um, you know, when I um, really backing it up, like the 2008 when I was in real estate development and I was my initial My initial purpose of getting involved in real estate development shifted and 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 then I got caught up like so many other people in the two thousand and eight meltdown and I found myself having to completely redefine who I was and it was like a major identity crisis okay so so those were that was like kind of the first time when I started to realize. You know, I had never done any personal development before, never done anything that really understood how to kind of transcend my value proposition beyond just myself. Right. Um, But, you know, you learn these things. And, you know, as we get into the story, I'm sure I kind of uncover kind of what happened with me Mm -hmm. that had that uh, kind of that, you know, that light bulb moment where I was like, oh. Okay, I see what the you know where this is at, and then you know through this process, it's been a it's been an ongoing journey. You know, it's um, you know one of my one of my great mentors is saying you know he always says that you know you always must be willing to pay the price, but recognize the price will never fully be paid. So you got to constantly invest in yourself, constantly you know reengage, constantly put yourself in a situation where you're uh, you know you're you're a student always.
0: Nice, nice. So, I mean, one of the key words that you just brought up was like, you know, definition and defining who you are. So like my next question is is based upon that. I mean, we're going to get clear, right? Using one of your terminologies. It's um, like, how do you define yourself? And if you did define yourself, like if you could use three to five words, what would those three to five words be?
1: Well, you know, it's funny. I I feel that at this stage in my life as a 51 year old, uh, person who's, who's done a lot, it's, it's, it's what I've done to develop, you know, a, a B state of who I am, where I'm really consciously aware of who I am. All right. And then I move every day with purposeful intention of doing the things that I know that I could operate at my highest and best level. Okay. And that, and that is a, and that is a, and that is a, a that is, a, you know, a, a place where the only way that happens is really intentionally pursuing it, okay? And, and, and being able to look at yourself objectively, having other people, you know, give you insight, being open to that insight, and, and just constantly pushing yourself and putting yourself out there where, um, you know, you learn new ways about who you are. But then it's a matter of then understanding, like, what do you do on a consistent basis that seem to be a theme? and what with me was it was always this process of mentoring and you know um mentoring people and coaching people and and advising people i mean you know i'm a lawyer right so i've been a lawyer for you know i graduated in 98 and and uh, i've had a very diverse background in the in the legal world and uh you know i've had god countless experiences in the legal space but you know what i always found with working with my clients even in the legal side is you know, I want to bring more value other than just being a um, just like a, a highly paid tactician. You know, they 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 come to you because they're looking for, you know, uh, a, 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 a real um, a person who is a, a real, um, you know, valued confidant, someone who is a who is who is someone who they can get information from where um you know, you, I think you have an obligation to do that. So there's been many, many times. You know, like my legal background, because um, I grew up in the real estate business, right? As a construction guy, and then I developed a background in land use and things. So in commercial real estate, residential real estate. So a lot of my a lot of my uh, clients are you know in the real estate space. So I lived in that space for so many years that there's many times. I mean. You know, as recently as yesterday, I had a client and I talked to them about, you know, how do they really understand how to develop a real uh, intelligent investment strategy Mm -hmm. based upon, you know, some more self-reflection, right? Um, Because people can go down a really crazy path. Um, just because they, they're not really clear on what they ultimately want and they're just kind of following what they think has to happen or what other people have told them. So I feel that if you can get help people to get really purposefully an, an alignment, you know, with their, with their purpose and their highest and best use, which I love to kind of use that term. Um, then I think I'm doing the you know, then I know I'm providing them with value that, uh, is meaningful.
0: Interesting. So, I mean, you brought up real estate. So, let's say, like, I'm a real estate investor, right? And let's say I'm looking at property and I'm looking at land. And you know, obviously, there's a lot of different variables and factors that go into real estate investment. What would you help a real estate investor come to terms with? Like, what are you going to help them get clear with? Let's say they're going to make a hundred million dollar deal. What would you be able to help them transition into?
1: Well, most of the situations I deal with are more along the lines of folks who are I don't want to say newbies, but people who are just entering into or transitioning. You know, you, if you get people who are kind of in an institutional s- situation or work for a larger firm, they understand very clearly what their what their uh, investment formula is, what type of property they're looking to build, have a very clear trajectory on how they're building and maintaining their portfolio. Those are Those folks are amazing. I sometimes can help those people. In other areas, primarily when, you know, those folks who are working in corporate situations and they want to do something on their own, how they create the mindset to shift from a kind of corporate environment to being on their own. That's a whole different ballgame. But for the newbie right? For the people who are, who are, who want to do something or build something. And, you know, they don't necessarily have all of the experience, you know, you can read all the books you want. You could, you know, you can go to the seminars you could do, and you, those are phenomenal, right? You absolutely need to do them. But having someone, you know, kind of give them real-time insight, because I've paid the price by making really bad investments based upon really not having the right type of guidance and mentorship. So a perfect example is, like I said, I mean, you know, the folks, I I deal with all types of people, but a lot of times, like just, just happened just, you know, yesterday, honestly, it was, you know, it was like, Hey, you know, why are you actually making these investments? Like what's the real purpose? What is your real end game? Right. And understanding that, that these folks need to have a real strategic game plan and they need a real, you know, and they, I always tell folks, you develop your strategy, right? And then you, you you assign tactics on how to develop, you know, to achieve that strategy, but recognizing that those tactics are going to change, right? And one of the things that I find specifically when you start getting into the real estate investment business is the timelines associated with, you know, development approvals and things like that. It can get really complicated really, really quickly. And for someone who doesn't really understand that, they need someone to, to guide them. No, and uh, and that's what I do on that on that on that side of the side of the equation, so to speak. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, yeah, it definitely makes sense. So let's just continue down that path and and, and add live your story into it, right? So like how did you come to find like your own personal clarity because i mean obviously you're helping others find their clarity you've done the legal route you've done the investment you've done the the building but when on that journey did you find your clarity and was able to say you know what i found it now i can kind of deliver it to someone else
1: yeah I, so it's a great question so you know looking back and like i told you 08 I was very much up until 08, I was very much caught up in um you know doing the day to day. I had I had a family business with me and my brother and my father. Again, I'm a guy who you know fifteen years old, I was on construction sites. my dad threw us on the construction sites. I paid my way through through you know school and and uh, you know in college you know, work in construction, right? Running the jobs, doing the whole thing. So when you're doing that, you're in the space, you're doing it, right? You're in the in the moment, right? So it wasn't until, like I said, oh, when that all happened, because I mean, again, it's a very long story, but ultimately, you know, I I kind of did legal work. I got out of legal shortly uh, in the right 2000 to work for a legal publishing company because i I, was, I really enjoyed sales, so I did really well in sales for a legal publishing company. It's now Thomson Reuters, which is a huge company. But when I was involved, it was a much smaller privately held company. So in any event, I uh, did really well, started buying real estate. I figured, okay, let me start building my portfolio. That I, and my initial intention was I wanted to build a mixed-use you know, investment portfolio. Um, but you know, like with everything else, we started flipping houses. And then before, you know, it, we had five employees and we're building, you know, we're building uh, spot houses and we're, we're doing flips and renos and all those types of things. And, um, and, and it worked well, you know, until, like I said, until we were, so we were the quintessential people who were working, you know, in the business and not necessarily on the business, which happens all the time. But I don't think anyone really anticipated the level of the, uh, of the, uh, of the impact of 08. I mean, it was the first time obviously where the financial markets and and the real estate markets just collapsed because of, you know, because of the, because of the nature of, you know, what was happening with the, uh, the, the, uh, the security vehicles that were tied into bad loans. So not to get into that situation, but up until that point, I was always in just doing right. Then I had to go through this process of evaluating what I needed to do. I started going back to legal work again on an ongoing basis. And, and I'll tell you a really funny story. I was, um, you know, like most people just trying to figure out what the hell am I going to do with my, myself? You know, I, I, it was extremely challenging. I'm not going to, you know, it's, it's a part of the story. It was really challenging, but I was, was struggling. I was really upset and angry and frustrated and I'll never forget it. I was at the time, I was just picking my picking the picking myself up by the the municipal court. Right. And uh, for a suspended driver's license. And the way it works is it's primarily all the lawyers, you know, go and meet with the prosecutor prior to, you know, the, the case. So you can kind of, you know, work it all out. So, we're, you know, I was going to this court case really early, uh, court really early. And very long story short, I had just had a huge argument with my wife. My wife and I, we've been together for since we're kids. So. You know, we're, we we uh, really have uh, shared all these things together, but had a really bad argument. Really pissed, angry. I go to this municipal court, and uh, and I'm sitting there, and I guess my energy was so bad, right, that a guy who I never met before ever in my life comes up to me and he says, "You need to read the four agreements." Huh. And I said, "What? Like, and I, you know, I, I, I you know, I'm a very amiable guy, but I kind of had a little bit." Little bit of a chip, like like what? Like what what are you talking about? He's like, you need to free the four agreements. He said, um, he said, I was just like you until I, you know, I read that book and it changed my life. Huh. Now, what was really cool is that most people may have just blown that off. I didn't. I bought the book. And it was one of the first times that I started to realize that I can put the inner chatter in then in, uh, you know, that we all have. Into some type of context and understand why it's there right so that was like the beginning of the process for me and um and ultimately it was one of those situations that i was involved in it was you know this was a long time ago this is you know when it first started but it was the that was the stepping stone that was the moment where i realized that okay um there's something to this to understand the power of Quieting the inner mind, right, and understanding that there could be a way to move forward with, uh, you know, with without beating myself up so much. Now, granted, we're human; we all do it. But if you can put it into context, right? And again, there's been a lot of a lot of journeys that came through since that time. But that was the first part for me. And then, um, and then, what wind up happening is. Um, that 2012 middle of 2012 we were actually my wife and i were actually living in a house that i had actually built uh, it was one of the houses that got left over in the uh in the the series of houses that we had built that i got I got stuck with and i was it was not a good situation we were living in bad energy right that house had bad energy i don't know if you've ever been in that space but um, and we would be fighting about this house all the time. So at one point I said, you know, I, told, I looked at my wife, my, na- my wife's name's is Desiree. I'm like, you know what, Des, I'm putting this house on the market. I don't care how much money I lost. I don't care how much money I'm going to lose. We need to clear the slate. Hmm. And, um, and we did. And at, during that time, we had been introduced uh, to a network marketing business. Now, you know, we didn't know what, or even really what that was all about, but we were looking for additional streams of income because ultimately it boiled down to we were, you know, at that time I started to work for a law firm again and my wife was working for a pharmaceutical company and, um, you know, from the outside, we were doing great. You know, we both had good jobs. We were both professionals, you know, six figures, the whole, you know, all the all the BS that surrounds that. But, you know, I would come home 1030 at night exhausted she'd still be working we're like something's got to give something's not working here and um lo and behold uh you know we um we were uh, we kind of started to figure out how we're going to do this so I told my wife I talked to my wife I said you know lawyers what do lawyers do like like we don't if we if we need to get the answer to something we hire an expert so that's what I you know so I I I was very fortunate that at the time like I said we were kind of involved with a network marketing company that just by the nature of it we started to do pretty well and we got invited to a leadership um conference and during that time you know uh, a business coach's name continuously came up over and over and over again so I told I looked over to my wife I'm like you know we got to we got to we got to maybe tap into this you know this resource you know because Whatever, whatever he's teaching these folks, they seem to be having success. And lo and behold, on the flight home, we ran into a guy who was heading our way, and um, and and uh, it so happened to be that he was coaching with this fella. And I said, "Hey, can I have his number?" And um, I got the number, and um, I called him. And I'll never forget it. I called him on a Sunday, and he picked up, (laughs) which was kind of strange. And um, and after talking to him, within about fifteen minutes. I realized like, I need to hire this guy. And that was the guy who really introduced us to how to um, really lean into uh, developing an income that was, uh, you know, that was a residual based income where we really started to understand where the network marketing world would go. We wound up shifting companies, going to another company called IsoGenics, which is a great health and wellness company. Um, My wife continues to work in that business every day, but we, you know, we we had built up a big enough team where we had, were able to leave our jobs and start this process and guide and start mentoring people. And it was through that is where a lot of this personal development journey happened. I always tell folks, it was like the entrepreneurial um, uh, proving ground, right? So uh, it was a very interesting and dynamic story um, and experience that I'm really grateful now that as I look back, You know, because of this diverse background that I've had over the 20 some odd years, I can now bring it full circle to really be able to coach and mentor people. And so I started doing this coaching, you know, in 2018. Okay. With real, with real you, know, you know, people were hiring me to do, do the coaching, not necessarily, um, you know, just through on our, 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 our team and things like that. And so and then I realized that, you know, I really love it and I love and I always loved the coaching aspect and the consulting aspect of, of lawyering, but I didn't like the whole litigation aspect of it. I, I just despised it. And um, so it became a perfect fit for me.
0: So, I mean, I'm just, just listening to everything you just said, and I just want to kind of like, I'm not going to be able to, to recap all of it, but I think ideally based upon what you just said, if you can go back and again, like that, that was a time frame of time, right? I say that's 10 years, 20 years. What's one thing that you would probably want to change to do differently if you could do it again?
1: That's a great, that's a great question. So I would say the, the one thing I would change is not be so hard on myself.
0: That's definitely an interesting answer. So, I mean, that kind of leads me into like your upbringing, right? So, being that you wouldn't be hard on yourself, I would think that. And again, correct me if I'm wrong. Is any of your family members or ancestors potentially entrepreneurs? And again, you've jumped into multiple different businesses, and you've been successful in, in some of them as well. But some of that insight had to come from Poppy before you. Could you attest to that?
1: Well, well, you know, I came from, um, you know, I came from New Jersey. Okay. My family is all from South Philadelphia and they they came from Italy. So it was, you know, worker mentality. Um, You know, my father was, uh, my father and his brother were the first kind of guys who left the neighborhood, so to speak. You know, my dad became a, a junior draftsman. And then he wound up uh, getting involved in, like I said, in, in real estate and, and real estate development and contracting. And that's kind of how he raised his, his his two boys. Right. I have a sister as well, but, you know, we I was the youngest. And um, so that and then my grandfather on my mother's side was a was a shipbuilder. He worked in the uh, in the, um, uh, the shipyards in Philly. And he was an orphan. Uh, he was actually, well, I shouldn't say he was an orphan. He was actually put in a home at, at uh, seven years old. So, you know, when you think back and, and he's lived, in a, he lived an amazing life, he died at 96. I had him write his stories down. He was an amazing guy, right? And I, I loved him. He was just in, uh just lived enough for 17 people's lives, right? And talk about putting things in context, you know, when people, when you have someone who you can talk to, who kind of lived through the depression, Right. Um, But needless to say that that mindset, right, of of just that of that worker mindset. uh, um, Again, it's a noble thing. But if we can get beyond that, right, so many of us from that kind of culture, it's always just, you know, you can be really hard on yourself. Right. You don't ever think that you can kind of rise above. um, And even when you do, you know, If you don't change your mindset, you're still operating at that level. Mm -hmm. And that's where I found myself, right? I I found myself, uh, even though I had, you know, I had, you know, I got an accounting degree, I went to law school, you know, I was doing all the things that I thought I had to do. But I didn't understand that I had to change my mindset. And unless and until I did, I live in a space of overwhelm, anxiety, you know, frustration, right, all these things that they don't really lead to anywhere other than just, you know, burnout. And, and, and really, in my opinion, and in my case, it was just I wasn't living in in a place where I felt um, empowered.
0: Got it. Got it. So I mean, With that, I mean, earlier on, you were talking about your wife. You talked about you guys kind of grew up together. You've been in a long-time relationship. And it seems like you guys have been business partners as well. So, like, my next question is, like, you know, how do you guys currently juggle and manage your work life with your family life?
1: Great. That's a great question. We we ran the business together for five years. Mm -hmm. And then we got to the point where we said, you know… I think you know we 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 love each other and we want to make this thing work, <laughs> and we were two stubborn Italian you know leos, okay, so we realized uh that it was better off to just you know what, let me do what suits my strongest you know my highest and best use and then and then my wife does she kind of she went into her direction, so we worked together, you know, and um, in that sense, so you know, the whole idea. And anybody who's in a long term relationship, and you know, I've been we've been we met when we were 15 years old, so so we we're together. Uh, I mean, I, we met each other March 31st, 1986. So you could do the math, it's a long time ago. So, um, you know, you have to learn how to have a healthy interdependence, but not a unhealthy codependence. Hmm. Interesting, thing. So that's what we learned. And this is what's the ongoing journey. You know, no, you know, it's, you know, no one, no one, no one operates every day. You know, I always tell folks like, like, this is it. We're living life, right? I mean, all the things that happened then still happen now. We just learn and develop tools to be able to not have it impact our life as much, right? And just be able to move on and not attach to the emotions and things like that. It's a, it's a, it's an ongoing um, process, right? But you have to be dedicated to it. So we, we operate very um, much in that space where I support her in everything I possibly could in every way I possibly could. And she supports me.
0: Nice. Nice. So, I mean, going back to being like, I'm a real good listener. So I was just kind of like, like taking pinpoints of what you've been saying this entire conversation. And earlier on, you was talking about the value add that you got from someone that you didn't know that brought a book to your attention. And then you went out and bought the book and read the book. So this next question is any additional books besides that one book that you had the opportunity to read that gave you great value that you would like to recommend to our listener?
1: Yeah, that's great. So, I mean, some of these books are a little bit older, but they're classics, right? And uh, the second book that I, I delved into was a book by Brian Tracy and it was called The Psychology of Achievement which is a great book um, you know it, it really helps the person understand like i said to kind of recognize you know what the mindset of people who achieve goals are right it's it, it is a, there's a designated set of characteristics and traits that are there that we ha- the faster we can delve into that and understand where they are, and then begin to how that we can kind of get on that journey to mastering those traits, how it suits our life, the better. So that was a great, great, great book. And everybody knows Think and Grow Rich. I mean, you know, Napoleon Hill, it's the classic. I mean, a lot of these are. But as far as updated books, I'm a huge proponent, and I love Audible. Um, so I do audible and I do Kindle and sometimes some, some a deeper, some deeper books that it's hard to keep my attention. Like I'll, I'll read and hear it simultaneously. So it kind of drills down in my head. So, um, right now, like I love, um, I'm reading a few books simultaneously. And uh, I love Donald Miller's books. I don't know if you ever heard of Donald Miller, but he's a great author. He's a he's he's a he's a business uh, he's a marketer and a, and a kind of like a a branding expert. He does great books. He writes great business books. So um, I love his book "Business Made Simple." I'm work, I'm reading that right now. Uh, another great book that I kind of coach and mentor people through a lot is a book called "Letting Go" by uh, David Hawkins. That's an amazing book, amazing book. It's deep, it's a little heavy, it's a little, it's a little dense, but highly recommend. He also wrote a great book called Power Versus Force, which is even a little bit more dense, but worth to the read. It's, it, these are repeated listenings, right? This is, these aren't one and donners. Um, uh, I love. I just read, read a really great book too uh, by uh, Raja, uh, uh, Raja Manar, who was the former CEO of MasterCard. and It's a book called Quantum Marketing. which is really cool because, you know, drilling back to kind of what I do now and working with a lot of service professionals, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm 51 years old. Right. So I came up like I'm in that generic generation X world where, you know, our approach to handling, you know, approaching our career, um, you know, what our career trajectory was, what we thought um, back then versus where we are now, you know, because we're now we're in the information age and, no one would have expected in a million years, to the extent to which information would dictate, and and how impactful social media is, and all these types of things. You know, a lot of the professionals who I work with, you know, they don't have those skills. They don't know how to. They don't know how to. You know, develop a, a kind of like a brand for themselves on LinkedIn. They don't really engage in LinkedIn. They don't understand how to truly monetize their network, how to create you know meaningful connections with folks because they're just They've been tacticians for a lot of their life. So, you know, I work on that quite a bit. So um, I always recommend to them to listen to that book or read the book, Quantum Marketing, because it does kind of just tell you exactly kind of where we're going.
0: Huh.
1: Right. It there's it's 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 kind of, you know, it can be a little daunting when, you know, it's hard to put our heads around, but uh, but uh, you know, technology, man, huh. is
0: So, I mean, you you talk about like where we're going. So, I mean, obviously you talked about your journey and how you transitioned from being a lawyer and you went into real estate and and now you're, you know, you're part motivational speech and also self-help development. Where do you see yourself 20 years from now?
1: Well, I'll be 71. So I hope at that point I had built my goal now is I really want to build, um, I want to build a company and a business that has an infrastructure where I can provide opportunities for other people to thrive. That's my goal and my job. Uh, That's how I feel right now. Um, And um, and that's what I'm doing. You know, one brick at a time. It it, it takes time. Um, I love I love. Developing and maintaining really strong collaborative relationships with people who I 'm in alignment with, I have a variety of different um, kind of uh, investments in different things too um, i'm really I've learned to be really mindful of kind of where I invest my time and uh, and things like that. but I mean where I envision myself at seventy one is just continuing to 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 level up right and and be active and engaged in my life right to uh to continue to live like you know with that purposeful intention and make contributions that are meaningful to other people
0: nice nice so i mean spinning off of that right and you know earlier on you kind of alluded to like your ideal avatar as essentially an individual in the real estate space so if you could leave that person some final insight words of wisdom words of clarity what would those words be
1: well, I mean, depending on where they are, I mean, whether they be professionals or, like I said, it may be a real estate investor. I I I, I talk to those folks like uh, let's just say for say a real let's say a real estate uh, uh, agent, mm-hmm. say, right? I mean, the reality is is they have to understand that they live in a very um, crowded space. We live in a space where you have to develop skills that go above and beyond. And what I mean skills, what I mean by skills is marketing, branding skills, right? Presentation skills, being able to develop a brand message or in a core messaging that kind of hits people on a visceral level, right? Because they live in very crowded spaces, you know. They're, they're real realtors. It's a saturated market, right? I mean, and 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 you see the people who break out are obviously the ones who obviously do perform their job really, really, really well, but. The fact is, if you're a real estate agent and you're performing really, really well, but you're not keeping up with the times on how to connect with people with, you know, effectively, then you know, there's gonna be a person who may not be as, you know, may not be as good as quote unquote a realtor you are, but if they're if they understand how to leverage the tools around them, they're gonna, they're gonna start grabbing your market share. So those are the things that I kind of that's what I would tell them is to is to lean into this right lean into the technology as best as you can and and also get help right that's that's a whole nother situation is you know we all are so conditioned to uh you know do it on our own um and that would be one of the key things that I would say i mean get help because i i know for me I have mentors uh, and coaches who have coached me through the years and still do. And I learned so much from them because they're further along than I am. Mm-hmm. Right. So I need to, you know, that's what I would say for them. Nice. So th-
0: this person is listening right now. How do they get in contact with you?
1: Easiest way I would say is to, um, just connect with me on LinkedIn, Michael J. Caluzzi. Um, right. I have a website. It's Mike but I'm revamping it. And i I'd rather them uh, just connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, You know, I'm on LinkedIn all the time. You could do a DM, right. Or obviously I have, you know, other social media handles, but I'd say that's the easiest and best way. Just go on LinkedIn, look me up, um, send me a connection say, Hey, you know, I heard you on essays. um, I heard you on essays podcast and I'd love to connect with you. It's that simple. And then, you know, and then from that point, we'll, you know, develop a relationship and see how I can help people. I've, I love to give, you know, to connect with people on Zoom, spend about 20 minutes, half hour, seeing how I may be able to help them mm-hmm. and make meaningful connections.
0: Great. Right. So that leads us to the bonus round, And I got a couple um, insightful bonus questions for you. So the first one is just looking into your background. If you had to pick between jujitsu and drumming, <laughs> which one would you pick?
1: That I, that's great. I love it. Well, I would say probably as far as what moving forward, that was the question.
0: Period. I mean, which one would you pick if you if you had oh. one on oh, one or ju- ju- on the other? Ju- side? I love ju-
1: I love jujitsu. Okay. Okay. I love jujitsu, and the reason why I love jujitsu is because um, I got in, I got in, I got introduced to jujitsu through a business coach. Hmm because I, I, uh, who had been teaching Muay Thai fighters and was a martial artist himself. And I said, I wanna be put in a situation where I could learn to overcome my feelings of anxiety. That when I'm put in situations that I don't go into panic mode. And he said, um, start jujitsu. Yeah. Now I had not been on a mat since I graduated high school in 1988. I was used to be a wrestler. And one of the, you know, but uh, the point is, is, what I've learned um, being on those mats in the community surrounding jujitsu and and the and the, and the uh, just the challenges associated with that is just something that I love.
0: So, what's your favorite submission, then?
1: Well, you know, it's funny. I um my favorite submission is uh, if anything, I it's called a bow and arrow choke, which is a really brutal choke, but I, I, I learned it. I'm pretty good at taking the back and kind of staying on. Now I'm, I'm an older guy. I'm 51. Like I said, so I roll with a lot of guys, hey, I roll with people from all different walks of life. And, and, uh, but I find generally speaking, if I'm going to do submissions that, and I had to pick one, I, I love that joke. It's, 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 it's brutal, but it's very effective. And, you know, I, I, I love the roles, man. I just love the roles I, I you know, I love flow rolling with people, and then, you know, like where I go, now is like tonight. Tonight, for example, is a great night because tonight's like comp night. We we all kind of we pair off, and then every you know we have like individual competitions, and I love it, man. It's a I highly recommend it to anyone.
0: Nice, So So, got another bonus question. Excuse me, a second. If you could spend 24 hours with anyone dead or alive, uninterrupted for those 24 hours, who would it be and why?
1: Well, here's my thoughts on that. Um, I'd like to connect with somebody who's in the moment,
0: mm.
1: right? And one um, who comes to mind, honestly, and I know, it, you know he's been in the news recently because for whatever reason, I don't want to get into, but I love Rogan mm. because Rogan, um, you know, Rogan uh, ha- has been able to um, to really be a pioneer
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and uh, and and kind of walk forward and be, like speak his own truth and, you know, say what you want about him. But he's extremely authentic, you know, and I love that. And I love the fact that he's had the, the balls, quite frankly, to just be his own man. And I love that guy. I mean, I, I, you know, there's a lot of other people and everything else, but like for me, it's just a dude who I'd like to have a hang with and kind of, you know, there's a lot of, probably a lot of cool things that we'd be able to talk about. And I love what he's done. I mean, the guy is, he is, he is, uh, you know, he has branched out into me, you know, and, and and kind of got to the point where all I have to say is Rogan and we know who we're talking about
0: yeah yeah and plus you know if you get to a bar fight with him you know he has your back as well too. <laughs> yeah
1: well that's true too well yeah 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 you know well it's funny with jiu-jitsu guys and most of us like we always know like you know you stay away from the bars and you never go to a bar during a ufc fight because all the guys get beer muscles and they have no idea what they're doing so you know um most of us who are doing this and yeah, we get all our aggression out on the mats you yep. know we're not interested in uh you know
0: yeah, rear naked yeah. chokes in bars probably not the best thing to be.
1: No, doing no, chokes. no, no. But the Bogan, I love, I love that guy, man. I, I think he's freaking great.
0: Good, good. So I got one last bonus question for you. Um, being that you had so many different like life achievements, right? So what is your most significant achievement currently to date outside of like your family or your wife?
1: I would say doing what I'm doing now because it was a culmination, man. Like, for where I am now, it took all that to get there get here you know it, there's a lot of a lot of blood sweat tears frustration anger losses i mean it's 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 not an easy place to to um to you know to get to the point where you know you're like okay you know what i'm gonna put my stake in the ground mm-hmm. and i'm gonna move forward you know and and uh be confident enough to 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 embrace the journey hmm. you know because there's days when um you know it's It's not easy, you know, as you know, you're, you're, you're an entrepreneur. Um, And, uh, and I'm learning a lot about myself and how I can help other people and what I have to do to improve to, you know, to, to be able to be more effective. So I'm proud of where I am, you know, and it took a, it took a lot of uh, heartache to get here, but uh, it was worth it.
0: Nice, nice. So this is like, we're coming down to this, like the end of the podcast. And I, and I love that when I'm interviewing someone that with, with as much tenacity that you have, I would love like to make you the host of the show and see if you have any questions that you would like to ask me.
1: Well, what I would like to ask you is, I mean, I love the fact that you, you know, you are, um, you're very intentional with what you do. So what was, I mean, I know we don't have much time left, but <clears throat> what was the life lesson that you had What you realized that, you had to, in order to move forward, you had to do it with real the term of art that I use is per, purposeful intention. I mean, I, I gave you a compliment at the beginning where I loved you set reminders every day. You know, everything I see that you're doing is very intentional. What was it? What was that light bulb moment for you when you realized that's how you had to operate?
0: That's a unique question. I mean, usually I get the question about like, what was the inspiration to kind of change my direction? But what you're asking about is more so like the strategy behind it. And for me, it was kind of like, early on, I was trying to figure out if I was a creative person. And I knew I was a creative person, but I didn't really know that I was analytical as well. So, Mm -hmm. through over the years, then I realized I was both 50% analytical and 50% creative. So I had to kind of make them work for each other. So a lot of times my viewpoints and the way I look at things are uniquely different. And I was like, how do I take that information and create strategies? So once mm-hmm. I realized the strategy was a thing that it was tangible for me to reach out to in the last 10 years, I started implementing these strategies. And then as I implemented these strategies, I started to get creative with it. Like you're saying with the five emails, right? That was something like learning from example. Like I'm not a big person on tripping so many di- t- different times. Well, how can I stop this from happening again? Well, usually so, not. Was, as there, was there
1: one defining moment where that where you realize like, you know what? I see kind of like, I get, I have that moment of clarity where this was something where you realize, cause you made a really good point. And that is, you know, when you realize kind of if you're left brain or right brain, I'm like you, I'm split right down the middle and it can be challenging sometimes. So was there something that happened in your life where you said, okay, I kind of see where I am here and I know how to, I'm going to move forward with, you know, understanding kind of how I operate. Uh, was there something that happened
0: It happened early on in college when 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 I first went to college, I was a graphic designer by trade and I had all these friends that were graphic designers and I saw their passion for design, which I also had. But then there was something that was missing from the equation that they didn't have, like they all could, you know, look at art, look at paint and love it and stay in that space. But for me, it was like technology kept calling me, and it was just kind of like there's something else outside of art. So then once I realized those two halves, that's when I became whole.
1: Very cool. Very cool, man. And how long you been at it now on your uh, doing? I know you've been doing the podcast for, you know, a fairly good yeah. bit of time. But podcast is this is th-
0: season three. So roughly my two, two and a half years. But I've been on a ger- entrepreneur and since I was in college and I really didn't go to it full time until I got full custody of my son roughly about 12 years ago, 12, <laughs> 11 years ago. So I've been at it for about close going on 15 years.
1: Very cool, man. That's good stuff. And, and did you choose, I mean, do you feel that you use podcasting, you know, as a, as a podcaster, are you, do you, do you love, I mean, are you a podcaster for the sake of podcasting or do you find that you use, you're using podcasting as a vehicle for other things? I'm
0: a growth strategist by nature, and it took me a while to realize that. So, like, once I kind of stepped from behind the curtain in front of the limelight and I realized the power of communication, like, you and I would not have had this conversation probably five years ago if I was still behind the curtain. So, to answer your question, I'm 50-50 with podcasting as well. Like, I I figured out podcasting is kind of like my graphic design. And now mm. I'm taking my growth strategies and my systems, and I'm applying it to podcasting, like you talked about earlier about getting the emails. So I'm taking podcasting to more of a systematic approach, but I'm being creative with it.
1: Awesome, I love it. I mean, you—I you, haven't started the podcast yet, uh, but I—I, I, I, maybe I'll, if you don't mind, I'll—I'll I'll, we'll hit we'll hook you up after this, and maybe you can give me a couple pointers to get rocking and rolling.
0: Sure thing. I mean, I'd I, I love to do it, man. I think you'll be a good podcast host. I would look forward to seeing you come, come, that come to fruition for sure.
1: Thank you, buddy. Yeah. I appreciate it. Well, you have any other
0: questions for me? No, no. I mean, I, I definitely appreciate you coming on the show today. I think you definitely gave some great insight to, to, to give people like the clarity that we were talking about. So again, I appreciate you coming on the show.
1: Well, thanks for having me, I say. I appreciate it very much.
0: Great. S.A. Grant, over and out. 233 boss that's 762 233 2677 i would love to hear from you remember to become a boss and cage you have to release your inner beast sa grant signing off listeners of boss and cage are invited to download a free copy of our host sa grant's insightful ebook become an uncaged trailblazer